listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, Ricardo Gonsalves with SBS On The Money for this Monday the 1st of March 2021. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Later, Regional Express and its Deputy Chair, John Sharp. I'll speak with him about aviation and its rivalry with Qantas. But first, to Australian house prices, its largest monthly gain in 17 years. Nationally up 2.1% in February to around $599,000 for a median home. That's according to CoreLogic. That's because of low rates, government stimulus, improving economic conditions and low levels of supply. And of the capitals, prices went up everywhere in February, the most in Sydney, up 2.5%, and Hobart, an increase of 2.5%. Also, Melbourne, up 2.1% for the month. For more on that, I spoke earlier with Tim Lawless, CoreLogic Head of Research. Tim, how would you describe the pace of price growth around Australia? Well, considering we saw housing values rise by 2.1% in the month of February alone, I mean, this is the strongest monthly growth rate we've seen in about 17 and a half years. So in a word, this is very exuberant and uh, a rapid rate of appreciation. Why is it happening at this speed? Well, there's, there's not just one factor. Obviously, extremely low mortgage rates are central to, to this, this rapid rise, but there's also the fact that the economy is improving much more rapidly than, than what was forecast, uh, which is leading to a lot of consumer uh, um, confidence improvements. So consumers are, are much more able and willing to make high commitment decisions, which is what housing is all about. And then against that uh, rise in demand, we've also got this extremely low level of supply. So the number of listings is down about 26% compared to last year, but the number of sales is up by about 35%. So this disconnect between supply and demand is another key factor pushing up uh, prices. Do you think it can be sustained though, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, and as we come off some of that government incentives like JobKeeper? Well, normally when we look at sustainability of housing price growth, we look at uh, its relationship with incomes, and we know that, that wages aren't forecast to rise uh, beyond 1% for, for quite some time. Household incomes are likely to be quite muted as well. So in that sense, this isn't sustainable, but it does look like the marketplace has some momentum at the moment. We are expecting housing values will continue to rise through the rest of this year and probably well into 2022, but probably not at this, this same sort of pace. We couldn't expect housing values to keep on rising as fast as this at a time when affordability constraints are going to be becoming more pressing. That was my next question. To what extent are you now worried that affordability will become again an issue? Well, at the moment, I don't think that's extremely problematic. So we're still seeing the most expensive markets, Sydney and Melbourne, are still seeing values lower than what they previously were. So Sydney still needs to recover more than 1% before we see values get back to, say, 2017 levels. Melbourne's still nearly 2% below pre-COVID levels. So I think in that sense, there's no real, I guess, immediacy to, uh, to housing affordability um, uh, alarm bells going off. But of course, as we see growth continuing, we are going to be seeing Sydney and Melbourne setting new benchmarks for, for housing values. 
at a time when, as you mentioned, there's a lot of stimulus coming out of uh, the fiscal support realm. So it is uh, probably uh, going to be the case that we do see affordability putting the brakes on the marketplace just, just naturally and organically. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic, but it's not just house prices or home prices that are rising, but the value of home loan commitments today reaching a record of $29 billion, according to the Bureau of Statistics. Owner occupiers making the bulk of those lines. They are 50% higher than the same time last year. So should we be concerned? What does it say about the future of housing and debt? For more, I spoke earlier with the Chief Economist of IFM Investors, Alex Joyner. Alex, the increase in home values and now home loan values, do they concern you and has the horse bolted? Yeah, I think economists get concerned when these things happen so quickly. We've seen you know, a record rise in both dwelling prices and and now home loan approvals and and what that suggests to us is that there's going to be a lot of activity in the property market going forward that's that's an obvious and that's a given um, what we get concerned about is we don't really know where that's going to end. Usually, uh, house prices rising is a, is a good thing for the economy, but at some point in coming years, interest rates will eventually rise and, and potentially those house prices could come off. And that's when we get concerned as economists that if we run too high uh, on the upside, then the fall might be quite precipitous as well. So those interest rate rises, they're not for a long time anyway. The RBA governor said at least 2024. But we know at least that JobKeeper is going to come off at the end of this month and we're not seeing international migration. So what's that likely to say about where home prices are going? Hmm. Well, it's certainly true that the Reserve Bank isn't going to raise interest rates anytime soon uh, and that will underpin the market and underpin dwelling price gains in our view. But... A home loan is for 30 years, so there is some point in that 30-year uh, loan term where interest rates will rise. And just on interest rates, I guess we see that as the overwhelming sort of fundamental driver in the short term of house prices actually getting this momentum. Uh, the longer-term fundamentals, and this is you know quite a lot of houses being built and the lack of population growth, they're sort of working in the background as a foundation, and I think you know that will come to play uh, in a number of years' time. But for for the right now, we're really focused on those interest rate impacts on, on house prices. So given that, do you have affordability concerns? And as a result, what does this mean for policymakers and will they need to act and what kinds of curbs can be put in? Yeah, it seems strange to be talking about affordability concerns when interest rates are so low, but houses are expensive, particularly in, in the capital cities, uh, Melbourne and, and Sydney in particular. So as a first home buyer, you know, this is really the best and the worst time to be in the market because it is so so competitive. You know, we've seen that with auction clearance rates. I think the thing for policymakers to be concerned about over the medium term again is just the high level of household debt that we have in Australia. You know, we've entered this uh, COVID recession with very high household debt to GDP ratios, among the highest in the world. And it looks like we'll have a higher one going forward. And that that really creates a bit of a handbrake on economic growth going forward. So that's a concern for the RBA. That's a concern for APRA. And what they might consider uh, if this gets a little bit out of hand is macro prudential measures. And that would take the edge off uh, some of these house price gains. But I, I don't think that that's going to happen in the near term. I think this is going to run for a little way yet. 
uh, and then it will be up to the regulators to step in if they think it, it gets a bit toppy, as we say. Alex Joyner there from IFM Investors to the Australian share market, which rose 1.7%, the 200 at 6,789. It comes as the Reserve Bank expanded its bond buying program. The Commonwealth Bank doing well up 3.1% along with the bank's BHP added 2%, but Fortescue did fall almost 6 but that's because it traded ex-dividend. For more on the day's moves, I spoke earlier with VFS Group's James Whelan. James, the market's having a really solid day today. Why? Uh, we're seeing the combination of all these beautiful uh, things at the moment. You've got the vaccine, great housing numbers, Chinese numbers were okay, passing over the weekend of Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus through the House, and also you've got the RBA in the market pushing bonds up, and markets do favour lower yields. So a lovely combination for a Monday and a great way to start the month. Speaking of rates, lots of action on the bond market over the past week. How have equity investors reacted to that? They're yeah, reacting really, really well to the RBA's $4 billion bazooka that they put into the market this morning. Uh, and uh, seeing that as the rates come down, like I said, markets do tend to like cheaper borrowing rates and, and those lower yields are really are bullish uh, tailwind for the market today. RBA's meeting tomorrow, is there any potential for anything that it says or does to move the market? Uh, going to be a lot of eyes on what's happening over in, uh, in the US with the 10-year because it doesn't matter what it is that they do in the market with this $4 billion or $1 billion, uh, last week. Seeing uh, that the 10-year Treasury uh, rate of the US up and down is probably where the markets are really uh, going to be uh, looking at that. Their narrative regarding that area is probably what everyone is going to be uh, focused on there. Regardless of what they can do in the market, it's, uh, it's all going to be led by what the US do. And given the state of play at the moment, what are you telling your clients about how to position themselves and are there any opportunities in the market right now? Yeah, we're seeing some of the really, really big names in the market, especially over in the US, really start to come off a bit. They were carrying very high, lofty valuations and as yields go up a touch, that starts to get revalued down a touch. I'm looking at value and value and value as being my main areas that I'm going to, picking up that inflation narrative as well. So at a basic level, you've got a reopening economy, you've got rising uh, rates no matter what the RBA does, but over in the States you've got rising rates. So with the reopening economy and the rising rates, uh, there's nothing wrong with being overweight financials in this market, so that's a very easy place to be. And also because they're trading on such cheap valuations relative to some of those high growth stocks, uh, some, some decent discounts to be made there and some great value to be bought. James Whelan there from VFS Group. Now to the airline war. Regional Express started its first commercial flight from Capital Cities today, the first one from Melbourne to Sydney. So I spoke earlier with its Deputy Chairman, John Sharp. John, how important is this first Capital City flight? Well, this is really important for Rex because it heralds the beginning of a whole new era for our airline, which is 70 years old. Uh, we've been Australia's largest independent regional airline uh, for all these years and now in this historic move we're becoming one of the domestic airline operators here in Australia. So for us this is an enormously important day, founded 70 years ago by Max Hazelden and later by Don Kendall. Uh, our evolution from small little air operator to largest independent regional airline now to uh, a domestic airline operation is 70 years in the making but terribly important for us today. What do you make of competition right now given you're moving into the capital city market, Qantas is expanding its regional offerings, is everyone playing fair? Well I think the airline business is one of the most incredibly competitive businesses to operate in Australia. 
It's quite clear, though, that Qantas uh, is being very, very competitive, very aggressive in the market and trying to move into our regional destinations and operating flights that will cause them to lose money but are designed to cost Rex uh, money as well and to undermine our financial position. But Rex is able to withstand all of that competitive pressure because we know we have the lowest costs of any airline in the country and we can withstand any competitive pressure from our fellow airline operators. For consumers, we're seeing a bit of discounting on prices as competition heats up, but will fares remain low into the future? Well, we're offering very cheap airfares uh, from Melbourne to Sydney. We're offering $49 airfares for economy, $199 for business. But we're also today announced that we'll be extending our domestic airline network from Sydney to Melbourne to Sydney to Coolangatta on the 1st of April. Uh, We're offering $69 airfares there. We're extending from Melbourne to Adelaide on the 30th of March, offering $69 airfares there as well. And we're extending from Melbourne to Coolangatta on the 29th of March, offering $79 airfares between Melbourne and Coolangatta, the Gold Coast. So we're extending our network. We're offering and continue to offer and will continue to offer very cheap, very competitive airfares for people who want to travel. Do you have any international aspirations? Uh, Our aspiration at the moment is to focus on our domestic network, get it to work right, make sure all the problems that will inevitably confront us are solved. And who knows what the future holds, but at the moment our focus is entirely on maintaining our regional network and building our domestic network. On the borders, is there anything more that the government can do, both state and federally, to keep them open? Well, there's more that state and federal governments can do to help not just Rex, but also the, the whole airline industry and the tourism industry in Australia, because every time a border is closed or a restriction for travel is imposed, it is decimating, uh, has a decimating impact on our uh, airline industry and our tourism industry. So the one thing that governments, state or federal, can do is ensure that we keep our borders open and people can travel as freely as possible so that Australians can get to see their own country now that we can't fly overseas. And last week we heard from Qantas boss Alan Joyce who says international flights may start from October. What do you think? I think it's a big challenge for international services to start commencing uh, in October of this year. I think that's a very optimistic view as to whether we will be able to fly to places like the US, Europe and other parts of the world. Um, I think it's very optimistic. I think um, uh, Mr Joyce and Qantas selling tickets for October is indeed going to be uh, a challenge to meet that timetable. I think it's a very optimistic target that they've set for themselves. But in the end, the only people who can answer the question as to when the borders will open is our own federal government. And uh, at this stage, they're making no comments about when they expect to see those borders open. We'll just have to live with that and work within that. That is John Sharp there, the Deputy Chairman of Regional Express, also known as Rex Airlines. That is SBS on the money for this first day of autumn. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can join me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. 
It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Why do people want to be at work? To feel heard, appreciated, part of something, and to know there's a career path for everyone. Inclusive workplaces are linked to increased innovation, productivity, and employee satisfaction. Make your organisation a place where people want to be. For inclusion and diversity training, visit inclusion-program.com.au.